Amen. If you will, remain standing for the reading of God's Word and turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, I'll be reading verses 1 through 14. If you're using a pew Bible, you can find that on page 942. On page 942. Romans 6, verses 1 through 14. We're looking at our second sermon on sanctification. Sanctification part 2. Romans 6, beginning in verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will no longer die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life He lives, He lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will no will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Praise God for His Word. Please be seated. So Paul, chapter after chapter, in his letter to those in Rome, he has been explaining the depravity of man, how a person is justified before a holy and righteous God, And now he has entered into sanctification. He has been talking about the so what of justification. That God does more than justify sinners. He sanctifies their life. God does more than justify sinners. He sanctifies their earthly days. That he rescues the spiritually dead and he makes them spiritually alive. So if one is dead to something and now someone is alive to something, if you are alive to God, the person who is now alive to God will live for God. That is what God does. But let us not lose sight that God never stops setting His children more apart from this world and more loyal to Him. We should look back in our life and see that God is growing us, that God is maturing us, that we are becoming dissatisfied more and more with the things of this world and more satisfied with Him. For the Lord is truly everything. That what God starts, He always finishes. Those whom He saves, He always grows. That God does not just grant salvation, He brings about life transformation. If you want two words in which to think about sanctification 
of the Lord. It's life transformation. That God brings life transformation in the here and now. If you are in Christ, you are commanded by God to count yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Who you once were, you are no longer. You are no longer in Adam. Adam being a federal head. No longer. You are no longer in sin. You are in Christ. Christ is your federal head. This is your position. As a Christian, you are in Christ. However, you can and you will sin. The power or influence of sin is still at work. You must not pick up your old ways, your old garments, your old patterns of living and neglect the commands of Christ. Later on in Romans, in Romans verse chapter 13, Paul says this in verse 12. He says, The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh, no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So we are to cast off the works of darkness in the sanctification. In the sanctification, we are to put on the armor of light. Our foundation is Christ, but as we stand upon the foundation of Christ, we are called to action because the power of sin is alive in this fallen world. We are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. And if you think this doesn't require any discipline at all, you misunderstand Scripture. We are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. We are not to sin so that grace may abound. May it never be. God forbid that we live this way as His children. If you sin so that grace abounds, you're an antinomian. You are drinking the sins of this world without worry of the judgment in the world to come. If you don't please God in this life, your life to come will not be with Jesus in heaven. It cannot be. Do not say to yourself and deceive yourself. Do not say to others around you that you love Jesus if you don't obey His commands. If you don't please God in this life, your life to come will not be with Jesus in heaven. Your life will be God's wrath in hell. And it will never end. God justifies and He sanctifies. Jesus transforms lives. Today's verses continue our study in God's righteousness by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, but specifically under the heading of sanctification of His children. Romans 6, verses 1-11, through 11, they instructed us that we are to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus. Today's verses, verses 12 through 14, instruct us to present ourselves to God. We consider and we present. We consider and we present. This is called right thinking as well as right living. There is right thinking as a Christian, just like there is in anything that you do. 
Right thinking, for example, an extreme example, I love to paint for me because I'm a simple man. I'm not going to wake up in the morning, walk around to the other side of the bed, look at my wife in the eyes and tell her I love you and then punch her in the face. My actions of actually doing that inform her, inform those around her that I really do not love her at that point. If we, as God's people, say that we love God, as James has painted in his words, prove it with how you live your life. When God justifies a person, he will also sanctify that person. We are to present ourselves to God. We have right thinking as well as right living. Both of these are extremely key for our life. If we have been purchased by the blood of Jesus, we are no longer a slave to sin. We are a slave to him. Therefore, God's people anxiously look forward to sitting at his feet and learning. We are to present ourselves to God. Romans 6, verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. This is a call to action for the believer. It's a call to action. God's children are no longer slaves to sin. God's children are slaves to Him. Because of what Christ has done in our life, we find a call to action in verse 12. He says, let not sin reign in your mortal bodies. Do not obey the lust of the body. These words of action, they are an imperative. We find another command in Scripture. Let not sin reign in your mortal bodies. Do not obey the lust of the body. So within sanctification, Paul is speaking to the ongoing struggle that is ever present in our lives as his children. God's children struggle. We are no longer in sin, but temptation comes. We are lured and enticed by our own evil desires, but the power and influence of sin in this life is real. Even right now, the power of sin The enticement of sin, it's real in your life. Even in our minds during a sermon, we can begin to justify our own sin. We can even begin excuse after excuse of, it's not my fault, it's their fault. It's not my fault, it's what's around me. No, we need to take ownership of it and come before the Lord And say, I am not to allow sin to reign in my mortal bodies. I am not to obey the lust of the body. I am to present myself before the Lord. Paul is speaking about the saints' new life in Christ. Yes, Christ has won the war. His children are justified. His children are redeemed. He has transferred us from death to life. Christ has done it all. He has delivered them from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. But we still struggle with sin because the power of sin is in this present fallen world. John MacArthur said the brain and its thinking processes are part of the body and thus tempts our souls with its sinful lust. So our old self was dead, but we still struggle with sin as we seek to please the Lord in this life. 
Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Sin is not to reign in our mortal body. Sin is not to govern or control the whole of who you are. Sinful lust, passions, cravings, they are the result of sin controlling you. When sin controls you, you are doing what is forbidden by God. We are commanded, do not obey the lust of the body. We are commanded, do not let sin reign in you. We are commanded, do not be enslaved by sin. In 1 Peter chapter 2, we find these words, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Behold, I urge you as soldiers and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day of visitation. So if you're a child of God, God has chosen you. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are God's children living in a sinful world. We must not let sin reign in our mortal bodies. We are not to obey the lust of the body. Our conduct as God's children is to honor Him. We don't go around this life thinking, I am justified, I am good to go. Yes, you are justified. And right now, because you are justified, you are standing on the bedrock of Jesus Christ. And as you are standing on the bedrock of Christ, you are also living for Him. You don't stand somewhere and say, I don't have a responsibility to live for Him. You're standing on that bedrock and you're saying, I am going to please him as I stand upon the foundation which has been given me by his grace. Romans 8, 8 through 14. It says, those who are in the flesh, they cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the spirit, if, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who doesn't have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So he's saying that when God redeems that individual, the spirit of God comes into that individual, that spirit is going to help train and discipline and mature you and sanctify you in that body so that the members and that body as a whole will please the Lord. He says, So then, brothers, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So we don't live according to the flesh. We live according to the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God follows the Word of God. 
That's why Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and that truth will set you free. So we abide in the word of God. We know the word of God. And the Spirit helps us to live a life that is pleasing to God, following absolute truth that God has given us. So let not sin reign in your mortal bodies. Do not obey the lust of the body. Our call to action continues, Romans 6, verse 13. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. This is also an imperative. Do not present your members of sin as instruments for unrighteousness. Your whole self belongs to the Lord. Every member, every limb has been purchased by the blood of Christ. When Christ redeemed you, there is not an ounce, there is not a section, there is not a particle, there is nothing that is on you, that is of you, that has not been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, He has purchased all of you. He says, therefore, do not allow any part of yourself to be used as an instrument, as a tool, or as a weapon for unrighteousness. Christians are never to wave the white flag when it comes to any sin. We talked about this morning in Sunday school. There is never a time in which we come before the Lord and we have decided in our mind, in our life, in our heart, that I have made peace with this sin. We never wave the white flag. We are called by God through His Word to guard your life because there is a battle going on. In Romans 6, verses 16 through 25, if you'll turn with me there, Romans 7, verses 16 through 25, Paul goes into more detail in describing this battle. He says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but the, I do the very thing that I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that is good, so now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it's no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. There is a battle going on. We are called as Christians to to guard our life. Yes, we have been justified, and yes, God is going to sanctify, but within this area of sanctification, all under the righteousness of Christ, we are to guard our life. There is not one part of our whole being in which 
it is acceptable for us to sin. Scripture says, do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. And the word instruments here can also be translated weapons. Don't present your members as weapons for unrighteousness. Sin lies close at hand. Nothing good dwells in your flesh. You are called to guard your life. God has made you alive, therefore guard your life. Your heart has a throne, dear saint. Do not allow the sins of this world to challenge and seek to overthrow the Lord on the throne of your life. If you are His, yes, you will remain His. But don't live as one who has not died to sin. If saved, you are His. You are alive. Do not obey the lust of the body. Guard your life. Whether that's food, sex, power, false idols, whether it's your mind, your tongue, your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet, do not obey the lust of the body. Paul goes on in Romans to talk about, Romans 12, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He says, do not be conformed to the things of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we are alive spiritually, we are not dead, and we are to guard our life, we are to, have, we are, we are to renew our minds. You are responsible to renew your minds. You are responsible to consider yourself dead to sin. You are responsible to consider yourself alive to God in Christ Jesus. Romans 6.13 says, Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So what has Paul told us so far? Number one, let not sin reign in your mortal bodies. Let not sin reign in your mortal bodies. Now, as a Christian, no matter your spiritual maturity, when these words are said, you better have at least one sin you're thinking about. Let not sin reign in your mortal bodies. Bodies. What are you struggling with? What are your sins? Number two, do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. There is, there is no part of your body in which is it acceptable in which you say, Lord, I know that you've redeemed me. You brought me from death to life. But guess what? This area over here, this part of me over here, this aspect of my life, guess what? I don't care that you've purchased it. I'm going to do what I want in this area. That's sin. This is why Paul is saying, do not present your members to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. And then in verse 13, we find number three and number four. Present yourselves to God. Present yourselves to God. And number four, present your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So number one and number two informs us of what is prohibited. 
Paul has informed us of the negative first. He says, let not sin reign and do not present your members to sin. What we are to do is found in verse 13. This is where we find the positive. Present yourselves to God and present your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So let's talk about this first positive. Present yourselves to God. The word present refers to a decision of the will. The word present, if you are to present yourselves to God, this is a decision of the will. As a child of God, you are to present your whole self to God. You place yourself before the Lord as His servant. You report for duty. I've been spending more time with Colin, and I think about, I thought about him this past week in reporting yourself to duty. If you are presenting yourselves to God, what you are doing is you are coming before the Lord and you're standing a certain way upon a certain foundation and you're looking before the Lord and you're instructing because you have already had your change of mind. You've already had your mind where you said, this is how I am to think, this is what I am to believe. And you're coming before him saying, Lord, I'm here and I'm here to live for you. I'm approaching you in your throne. And I'm saying, I am here to serve the Lord. You're reporting for duty. As a child of God, you present your whole self to him. Place yourself before the Lord at his servant, reporting for duty. And you remember that transformation includes right thinking, but transformation also includes right living. God tells us how we are to think, and God instructs us in how we are to live. We need right thinking as well as right living in this life, surrounded because we are surrounded by the power of sin and the influence of sin. God made you. God purchased you. You are to present yourself to Him. Let me ask you this. Is this something that you actually do? As a worker reports to their CEO, do you wake up each day reporting yourself before the Lord? Are you mindful in your mind that when when I wake up, it's not just that on Sunday I sing about God's grace and his wonderfulness of what he has done in my life and what he is continuing to do, but do you wake up and say, Lord, I am here, I am yours, I'm reporting for duty? Is that actually what you do? How many days do you go where you don't think about him until dinner time, lunchtime? Do you wake up and say, Lord, I'm here, I am yours? Is it truly in the morning, give me Jesus, or Jesus, let me have you on Sunday? We are called to report for duty. The second positive is, present your members to God as instruments for righteousness. This goes beyond reporting for duty. This is coming before the Lord, reporting for duty, and having no reservations, no withholdings. It's saying, Lord, I'm here to do whatever it is you want me to do, except for this area and this area and this area. No, it's coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, here I am. Whatever you want to do with me, I am fully yours. There's no area in which I'm going to hold back. There's no area in which I'm going to say, no, you cannot have that. I am reporting fully for duty. 
your instruments, whatever it is within me. You have purchased me completely. I'm going to fully and completely strive to live for you. You have no withholdings, no reserves. Whatever your lot, you're going to commit to serve him. Whatever the cost, you're going to live for Jesus. Have no reservations. Report and give him all of you. It's like a man and a woman coming before the Lord. And they repeat these vows. For better. For worse. For rich. For poor. They're saying, Lord, whatever you have planned for me, whatever you're going to unfold in the sovereignty and providence of you, I'm going to live for you. Whatever the costs, whatever the lot, I will have no reservations. That we are called to give him the things that no human will ever see or know about. All the shadows of your life, all the corners in which you think that no one sees, the Lord sees. We give the Lord our thoughts, we give the Lord our deeds. We give the Lord our attitude, our title, our position, and we say, Lord, I truly mean it when I report for duty and I say, I am your slave. That means I will do whatever it is that you want me to do because I am yours. Being your slave is more important than anything that this world can give me. I will be your slave. I will report for duty. Think of Christ. Think of the life of Christ. Think of His cross. I think of Christ on the cross saying, Lord, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Think of the life of Christ, how He lived, how people treated Him. Think of Christ. Think of the cloud of witnesses that have gone before you. Those who were burned for their faith. Those who were nailed to a cross, even some out upside down. Those were drowned, locked up for life. The countless men, women, and children who remained faithful to the Lord as they were being persecuted. Think of Martin Luther, who stood against the Roman Catholic Church, unwilling to accept the traditions of men over what God has said. Think of William Tyndale. The father of the English Bible who was tied to a stake, who was strangled while he was tied to that stake and burned in 1536 just for translating the Bible into the English language in which you have a copy of. Remember Charles Spurgeon who refused to back down from scriptures. He refused to entertain his church. But he preached the word pointing sinners to the atoning death of Christ And he was eventually kicked out of the Baptist Union that caused depression and ultimately led to his death. Recall Mary Slessor of Scotland. Mary went alone by herself carrying God's message to the interior of West Africa. With chronic illness she served and eventually she became ill. And at the age of 67 she died surrounded by children of Africa who loved the Lord. And don't forget those in your life who have pointed you to Christ. There are thousands of men and women whom no one knows their names who have faithfully lived and died for the Lord. 
Think of those in this room and those you know. There are many around you who are walking with you, striving to please the Lord as you are. You are not alone. We are called as God's children to have resolve, to be firm in our faith, to not let sin reign in your life, to present yourself fully to God with no reservations, saying, Lord, I am yours, do whatever it is with my life that will bring you the most glory and the most honor. If that means sickness, bring it on. If that means my death, that you are more glorified, praise be to God. We are to present ourselves fully to the Lord, to have resolve, to be firm in our faith, to use every limb and member of your body. 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives a prize? So run that you may obtain it. Some of us in this room, we are just satisfied in being in the race and we are satisfied with walking. How dare you? God has called you to run that race as if you were going to get the prize. To be full of understanding what Christ has done and to run looking to him with all that you are. Because you are not just adopted, you are adopted into a family. He says every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we, we an imperishable. He says, so I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So we exercise self-control in every area. Your whole body is to please the Lord. It's just as a letter from God's word will never vanish. A letter will never vanish from God's law. We don't give an inch of our body to be mastered by sin. Do not be enslaved by sin. Guard your life. Report for duty, Christian. Report now and report always. I was talking to a sister in Christ just this morning. No matter your physical age, no matter your spiritual age, there is never a time in this life in which God is done with you. If you are alive, maybe you've aged, maybe you're struggling, maybe your health isn't as good, look at it this way. You're one step closer to standing before the Lord. Please Him with your life. Report now and report always. And don't stop reporting saying, Lord, here am I. I am here to serve. Romans 6 verse 14. For sin will have no dominion over you. Since you are not under law but under grace. Now don't be foolish. And take this verse and look at this verse and say, we don't need the Old Testament and we don't need the law. I'll rebuke you right now. That's sin. You're not under law. You are under grace. Sin will not be your master because you've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. You are under grace. You are not under law. But this is informing you that the law of God, the law of God is not void. The law of God is good for you. It is 
pleasing to him that you obey his law. That is how we are to live. This verse is telling you that the grace of God is what presents you as righteous. You are under grace. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It's a gift from God. Not a result of works so that we won't boast. So God's grace is a gift of God. You are under grace. You are a child of God. He is your God. You are His child. Sin will not be your master because you are under grace. You are under grace. Who is your master? God is your master. God is your ruler. God is your owner. That's why you come out in your life and you present yourself to Him because He owns you. We need this reminder. When we fail to present ourselves to God, you're presenting yourself to the sin of this world. He is our master. He is our ruler. He is our owner. He is our king. You are not autonomous. You are not free to do as you will. You are free to serve the Lord and His grace and do what He has commanded. So do you wake up in the morning presenting yourself to God? Is your heart, give me Jesus and let me live for Him no matter His will? Do you daily thank the Lord for His grace? That will give you real revelation about your pride or lack of humility. Do you daily thank the Lord for His grace? That salvation is not by works, but it's by God's grace through faith in Jesus. Sin will not be your master, for you are under grace. You are no longer under sin. God's grace will transform you, but you are not dead to the power and the influence of sin. You are to present yourselves to God. You are to report for duty every day. The Lord justifies. Amen. But the Lord also sanctifies. We are to consider. We are to think a certain way that we are dead to sin and we are alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's what people who are saved, that's what they do. They're alive to God in Christ Jesus. It's not as if they're living and they're dead, but they pronounce one thing. Jesus had the harshest language for people who live such a way as that. Say, so you know the Scriptures. You say this, but you do this. How dare you say this if you're not going to do this? You are under grace. God is your master. He is your ruler. He is your king. He owns all of you. The Lord justifies and He sanctifies. We consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. We are not to let sin reign in our mortal bodies here on this earth. Do not present your members to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. Guard your life. And this is what is key. God's children, please listen. Guard your Life because you can. You do realize that when you were saved, the Holy Spirit has entered you and cleaned house and made you a new creation. 
You can guard your life because you have the Spirit of God and you have the Word of God. Guard it. Don't report for duty as if you don't have any weapons. How foolish. Guard your life. Do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Guard your life. Present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Present yourselves to God. We hear this word also when you present yourselves to God as a worker who has no need to be ashamed. Present your members to God as tools for righteousness so you report for duty. Verse 14. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. Praise God for His grace. And if you're going to praise God rightly for His grace, it is much more than a prayer. It is much more than your words. If you're going to praise God for His grace, you're going to think a certain way and you're going to report for duty and you're going to live a certain way. Praise God for His grace. Father, we thank You for this morning, for Your holy and righteous Word. Your Word is alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces and divides, Father. For your children who have listened to your word this morning, you have brought by your grace, by your hand, sin to our minds and our hearts. Father, I pray that we would come before you and we would truly repent of those sins. That we would report for duty, that we would report for duty with no reserves. That we would give you everything that we are, Every area, every member, everything that we think that you do not know about or do not ignore, everything that we have justified in our puny little minds as if it is okay, Lord, forgive us. May we truly come before you broken, but also with amazing grace that it is all forgiven in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, you have given us the help that we need, all that we need to live for you in this life here in the now. You've given us your word. You've given us your spirit. You have given other brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, you have given us dead saints, a cloud of witnesses who have gone before us and showed us what it is to love you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Father, you have given everything Father, help us to come before you and to give you everything that we are with no reserves. With nothing that's in quotations, it's small, fine print. But to say, Lord, here I am. I fully belong to you. And I fully give you my life for your name and for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.